This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. So we learn things to help understand um, more about whatever it is in front of us. It could be in business or life. And then, um, obviously, I'm going to talk about employee benefit programs, but before I get to that, there's obviously a lot of change um, occurring. We're in the first quarter of 2022, and uh, sorry, we're in 2023 now. I keep uh, losing track, but uh, things are changing, right? Weather's changing, including even our local Blackhawks team is cha- changing. Uh, we have uh, one of the key players got traded, and so a lot of things happening in Chicago. Um, and then here the weather's starting to break, and then I hear there's a snowstorm st- coming. So it's just a never-ending battle, but... Uh, uh, obviously, sports are changing too. I've, on the podcast, I talk about a lot of the kids' um, sports, and we're transitioning. Even though hockey is somehow year-round, we got baseball and ball hockey and outdoor fun coming. And so, hopefully, the weather is um, holding true. Uh, I think the groundhog was wrong this year, but uh, we'll see. It's still early enough to make changes, but. A lot of learning is like uh, reading code or trying to figure out what the interpretation is. Um, Even now with the kids, I used to play a lot of video games growing up, and I'm not into it too much uh, as an adult, but just because of the kids. And even some of that, you know, these code words or these little phrases that you pick up from the game that are specific, very specific to the game. And But in order to play the game, you have to understand what those are. Like there's a lot of things on like Fortnite that I still have no idea what the heck they're talking about. But, um, and then of course, um, I got hockey players in the house. So we play the NHL game a lot and there's even certain things that I'm still trying to understand. And I understand the game of hockey, at least greater than a lot of parents do, but not as much as others. Even when we order things, especially now with, after COVID, we order things and they show up at the house, including groceries these days. Nobody goes out and actually shops, they shop online and then they have it add the cart and ship to your door, right? So we there's times we order some element of furniture, whether it's a stool or a chair or a couch or whatever, and you have to assemble it, right? So, um, and there's uh, written instructions, there's letters, there's numbers, there's screws, and sometimes you have to identify or interpret. I remember putting together uh, a bed frame um, just last year, and I just, looking at this picture, it was so confusing. And it actually, it was my oldest son that... Um, end up figuring out that um, the image was actually flipped. Um, it was almost like whoever put it together, uh, flipped the, 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 gra- and the graphic to the other direction. And so then we figured it out and it worked out just fine. So, but sometimes you need somebody else to come in and, and take a different look at it. Even in sports, each sport has their own instructions on how we get things done and interpretation, especially like old school baseball uh, scorekeeping versus even modern and i only bring that up uh, there's a lot of baseball fans that probably listen to this but it's probably normal to you but i remember the old paper and pen and then um, the last season uh, we had a coach that uh, used an app and it was kind of interesting the some of the differences but sometimes you have to know what the background is in order to understand what it is today it's the same thing i'm a big scuba diving guy and uh when they started moving towards computers with scuba um they were producing um, die planning tables built inside the computer. So you would do a die plan by pushing the buttons and say, okay, if I went to hundred feet, how long can I stay there? And then, or you can actually say, Hey, if I went to hundred feet for 20 minutes, what is, what's my next dive going to be like, or how long do I have to stay out of the, the water for what they call a surface interval? 
and it would produce this letter like A or K or M or whatever. But the newer generation coming in learning scuba had no idea where those letters were coming in because they were originally from a chart that actually I believe was designed by the United States Navy. And then it was just used and they used the alphabetical because it was common sense, right? Um, but a problem is, is when we get into certain aspects of life or sports or anything we do, including an employee benefits program or business, um, uh, it's not as simple as ABCD, but sometimes we have to put it in ABCD order in order to understand it more. But there's all these things, including if we, we talk about driving, we drive down the street, there's, there's obviously road signs, there's rules, there's laws, there's you know boundaries that we try to test and speed limits and whatnot. But there, there's something we still have to learn, and we learn to a point where we could adapt so we're in certain areas of the country or, or uh, overseas, even though we don't have a driver's license to drive overseas, but sometimes you could interpret the sign based on prior experience. And and doesn't mean you need to be an expert, but it's enough to navigate through. It's the same thing when people learn foreign languages and they go to a country that they're not native to that language. But if they learn another language besides English, sometimes they can pick up and adapt a little bit easier. So it's all about character building and, and, and trying to get a better mindset of certain things. And you never know where it's going to cross over. I always tell my kids, it's like, you know, MacGyver, even though they have no idea who MacGyver is, it's like, he learns little things along the way that come back later and it saves people's lives or diffuses a bomb or whatever it might be. It's just a lot of crazy stuff that um, you end up picking up along the way that actually keeps moving through. Another example would be is family game night, right? You can read as you go through the instructions because each game has their little code. And then um, you can know it by heart. And a lot of times you play enough games, you don't need to refer to the instructions. And in some cases, you have to make it up as you go. Sometimes in order to include our six-year-old, sometimes we have to make up some of the rules as we go just so that they can be involved in the game. Um, but then some kids out there, including um, I have a few of my own, that they make their own games. They they use it on craft paper and they use markers and they create ideas and ambitions and they make their own rules for the game. And then we all have to learn it as they're trying to show us how they created their own game. And getting ready to talk about business, but before I get there, I want to bring up a Navy story. And I thought it was interesting because I actually had to look up information on it because it's been so long since I had to worry about it. But in the Navy on board these ships, they have um, these plates on walls that have certain numbers on there. Uh, and uh, when I was looking information up, I, I didn't realize or I don't remember, um, but they, I guess they were called a, um, a bullseye. I'm not aware of that uh, when I was in, but maybe maybe it's just something that's um, not pulling from memory. But there's these plates on walls throughout the entire ship that indicate where you're at and where you need to go or where you're trying to go at least gives you an indication or which direction you're going because you could get turned around in the hallways because you don't know which way one way or the other other than some type of navigational point. So they put these numbers. And so we call them TAC numbers. Um, so um, the first set of numbers actually talked about, you know, which level you were on. And what's interesting is um, uh, the, they were trying to use common sense, but you just have to know what you're looking at again. Um, and one, two, three, just the standard numbers. That means you're going down the ship. If it's there's a zero in front of it, so zero, one, or they call it 01, 02, 03. Um, that means you're going up from the main deck. The main deck is, you know, the, the main deck. So I, I was an aircraft carrier, so the hangar bay was the main deck, uh, not the flight deck. And so in other ships, it could be other um, directions. But anyhow, so um, the second number 
is the frame number moving from the front to the back of the ship. And the third number is where you are from center line of the ship, uh, port or starboard. And some people um, listening to this may not understand which side is port, which side is starboard. Um, the easiest way to remember is odd is starboard because it's an odd number of letters in starboard, the word itself. And then port is even. And so um, if you look at spelling of left and right, so left has an even number of letters and then right has an odd number. And so that's probably the easiest way to do it. And they did that with the numbers as you move away from the, um, the center line of the ship. And so, um, and then the last one is just a letter, whether what kind of compartment it's in, whether it's supplies, ammo, you know, ship's control, whatever it might be. And so there's a lot of numbers and coding that we need to learn as we move along. And in business, it's the same stuff, right? We have to learn about taxes and certain things on a P&L statement or, you know, um, balance sheet, like what goes on, what goes off, when does it come on? When does it go off? Like there's a number of things and we outsource a lot of this, but, uh, and I'll get to that too, but there's a lot of things you have to do yourself, right? So if you, you know, do a certain expense on taxes, for example, you have to know whether or not it's supposed to be office expenses or if it's technically a gift or technically it's marketing, you know, it, it, it very, it, it depends, but those are things you learn along the way and operations, right? Like certain things that need to be done based on protocol. It could be a legal thing. Like there's certain things that we're allowed to do with the license insurance license that we had. And there's certain things we cannot do with our license. And so, um, those are part of operations that we have to structure inside of a company. Uh, and then of course, if you've worked with solopreneur insurance agents, they don't really have or need any, some of that stuff, but sometimes, um, uh, they do depending on what's forced in the hand. And then obviously you have to learn your craft. So business owners or employers that are listening to this podcast, whether it's manufacturing or, um, service, uh, profession or, you know, professional services in general, just, you know, law firms, accounting firms, or IT repair, so whatever it might be, you have to know your craft and certain things that go along with it. And, um, it doesn't mean you can't learn other things. It just means that's what your craft is too. But, you know, um, then life takes the fast lane. And then all of a sudden, when you have to learn something else, a lot of times we toss up our hands. So when you're providing a benefits program, there's a process and procedure that comes in place. And I know I've been talking about this for a while, but I, uh, it seems that more and more employers are trying to just toss up their hands. And then um, some of them expect us to still work off of commissions and do some of the work that they're supposed to be doing. It's technically an employer-sponsored plan. It's not a broker-sponsored plan. It's not an employee-sponsored plan. The employer has fiduciary responsibility related to that health plan. And so maybe when you're smaller, you can make the second guesses and say, well, I'm not going to offer I'm not going to deal with it, but then you're going to have a problem with retaining and recruiting employees. It's, it is a very uh, important thing for an employee or potential employee um, as a benefit program. Employers have a responsibility to learn and manage the program. They do. They have to have skin in the game. I, you know, Otherwise, it's just like everything else. You have to learn how taxes work. You have to learn about how operations work. You have to learn what you can't do to lose, and because you might lose business. You might be penalized by the government or local authorities. There's so much more you got to learn. The benefit program is no different. You can't just throw it out there and, and see what sticks at the wall. And so um, the broker is there to provide guidance on the process and procedures. More and more consultive um, approach 
Um, and we always have been. We've just been compensated by the insurance company. You haven't had to pay for us. It's built into the premiums. That will change one day. So be forewarned if you're, you're not there. But uh, we don't work for you as an employee. We're a contractor, right? You consult with us just like your attorney or your CPA. Um, it's just in this case, um, you're getting compensated or we're being compensated through commissions, which are built into the premiums. Um, I do think you'll see some turning point where you will see invoices and it will say, show the commissions that are credited. We are supposed to disclose our commissions to our clients um, if they're over $1,000 a year. And so if you're not seeing that, it's built into the verbiage, so you may not see a direct invoice, but I do think you're going to start seeing invoices even if it, uh, it ends up being zero. We do it in our, our shop where we'll send out some invoices depending on what it is, but we'll provide credits, whether it's related to commission or or just a professional credit, uh, depending on what the circumstances are. And But at least they, they see what's going on. Uh, it's There's transparency, but they, they see value because they see a number in front of them. Uh, we also don't work for the insurance company. It is not my responsibility as a broker or an agency to worry about whether or not uh, uh, insurance company's website is working or not. It's not. You, most of the time when it's not working, there's a toll-free number for you to call. Um, we have some people that contact their office. We don't have control. Like we can submit a support ticket the same way as you can, but it's not our case. And so we may not even be insured with that company. We may be with a different company. So like, like we have an indirect, we don't have what they call binding authority. So like within auto insurance and commercial insurance, they have what's called binding authority. Maybe we get a PNC agent that deals with this on a regular basis and maybe explain further, but basically a binding authority is an extension of authority from the insurance company. So that's why insurance agents that uh, offer auto um, insurance, they can provide insurance cards upon purchase or immediate transaction of a vehicle um, because they have binding authority from the insurance company. They can issue it based on certain pr uh, parameters that are in the system when they provide the policy. We don't have that on house side. We really don't have control. We're, we're really glorified administrators and then consulting. And the administrator is still on the employer, it's just we're assisting or providing avenues because you're focused in your own business, you won't have time to actually figure out there's a better benefit administration system, there's a better payroll process, there's a better insurance company based on your current needs, how do you save money, how do you, know, how, how do you control costs, all this stuff, that's what, what we bring to the table. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing, weird expenses coming out of nowhere, and when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, Give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zemar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zemar to work for you now. As an employer, though, you still need to have skin in the game on onboarding and payroll and waiting periods and when you offer benefits, when you don't offer benefits, what are seasonal employees, what are not, um, what are statutory employees versus not statutory employees, Do you, terminating employees, COBRA or state continuation employee handbook. There's all these thing, things you have to learn 
Um, just like getting around a ship or in a board game, um, there's a list of things. You can't just toss your hands up and say, this is, you know, I don't understand this. Well, well, grow up your sleeves and figure it out. There's so many resources to, to get a five-minute conversation or a five-minute video on one of, you know, a video site that gives you instructions or guidance on how to understand this. It's, I call it codes and procedures. You just got to figure out how to interpret the code and then follow the procedure. And so it's just one step at a time. Um, just like in our, we have an employee benefits playbook. We outline some of this stuff so you're not reinventing the wheel, right? The same thing where you're providing an owner's manual for your car um, or other machinery that you operate in your workplace, right? There's a process and procedure for it. In our playbook, we walk through technology, communication, automation. We talk about cost containment, right? There's an end goal of controlling the cost, um, but there, it takes a lot of work, right? What, what? You can't just wave a magic wand. It doesn't work that way. And so, in fact, there are times where it takes years to get to the point where you start bending the curve, um, and but you need the right guidance uh, to start moving towards that goal. And so, there are times where. You might say, uh, and there's people that call my office and they're like, hey, Butch, you talked about this program and uh, some business paid, you know, saved $100,000 a year. Well, that's great, but it may not work for you specifically, but we can put things in place that maybe in two or three years from now when things, when, when the stars align or just right for your business and your situation and your employees and your outcomes that you're looking for, all of a sudden it aligns that you reverse the trend, right? And then you could have more control at the wheel at that moment in time. But you have to control the car uh, at first. But it's almost like jumping into literally a fighter jet at that point and then learning how to fly on the fly. Or some people say that they're building the plane as they jump over the cliff, right? And so you have to get moving. You have to um, learn as you go along. And you and at some point, you're going to get a breakthrough. Uh, but it takes some time. Employee incentives to produce better outcomes, right? Not just wellness, but actually provide tools and resources to your employees that make better decisions and, and have better outcomes as a result. There's um, compliance so you can avoid taxes and fines that may not necessarily be there. Uh, and that's where consulting side comes up things. Same thing goes with medical claims. I talk about medical claims on here uh, a lot. We get phone calls in our office from employers and as well as their employees, and they just toss their hands up and they're like, I don't understand. Why am I getting this bill? You know, it's just, they just claim this ignorant process. And I'm telling you that you if, if Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts changed the process of how to buy coffee, I guarantee that you're going to figure out a way to buy it. Um, you, you'll just learn the process. You decode whatever they're trying to do. It's not rocket science. Same thing with these claims and building a benefit program. It's not rocket science. It does take some time to figure it out, though. Coffee would be a lot easier than dealing with this stuff, but um, but it takes some time, right? And so uh, even matching up invoices to explanation of benefits. If you don't understand this, you know, when you look at it, like uh, there are times where I look at it and it just doesn't make sense either from an ignorance perspective or it just doesn't look right if you're a little bit more experienced looking at these, call the insurance company and ask the questions. I always say ask the dumb questions to get advice or uh, guidance on what they're going to say. Then call the provider and then ask them similar questions or the exact same and see if they match. And a lot of times they won't. So now you have to start challenging the question is why don't they match? Why are they really not communicating on this, right? And and in some cases, you know, um, uh, you ask enough questions and you kind of learn along the way and it builds experience for the next one. So 
Uh, but seriously, it's not hard. Just quit playing dumb on the process. And same thing with building an employee benefits program. With claims, you have to learn how to read the explanation of benefits. Um, everybody could look at an invoice and usually figure out what's going on there, usually. But then they're clueless when it comes to an explanation of benefits. There's line items, there's sections of boxes, um, there's codes at the bottom of the explanation of benefits that are earmarked from certain codes above, and you have to cross-reference some of those to figure out, like, if a claim was not covered. Well, why? There's a little notation. It says... Uh, this should have been billed with uh, part of another code that was already submitted by the provider, right? Well, then you need to call the provider and tell them, hey, you're trying to double dip here according to the insurance company. Can you figure out how to reconcile? And sometimes they can't, and maybe it can be uh, rectified between, well, most of the time it's rectified between the provider and the insurance company and not you. You just have to basically force people to do their job. So, and I brought this up on a podcast before, we got a bill from the hospital for uh, surgery, it was a $13,000 bill. Obviously, I have a health insurance, and there's no way I'm paying $13,000 even with health insurance, but clearly there was something wrong. And when I called the provider, they said, well, call your insurance company. And I said, no, actually, you know what? You do your job and call the insurance company. You want to get paid? You call them. I'm like, why am I doing this? You screwed up the billing because clearly it's wrong. And so, well, two weeks later, it cleared up and the balance was zero to me, but the insurance company ended up paying whatever the, uh, it wasn't 13000 but whatever their negotiated rate was. Uh, I had another bill I brought up on this podcast, $1,500 bill. It was threatening to send the collections. I finally called them. Uh, it was gone on that phone call. I have no idea why. I, they said it was a missed billing. But again, they were going to send me the collections for $1,500. And then in some cases, claim poor. I'm not saying to be dishonest, um, but claim that you can't pay this bill could get you um, some discounts that may not have been there. Uh, again, I pay what's yours, what you're responsible for. I'm not saying cheat anybody out. These providers are trying to put food on their table at home too. But inflation's hitting families hard. So don't be afraid to ask um, because the worst they could do is say no. Roll up your sleeves and um, see you know, what you could learn, what, what you didn't know. The problem is, is um, that by winging it, it creates mediocrity. And that's a problem with our world is mediocrity leads to bad outcomes. So a lot of times you end up ignoring or winging it, um, whether it's an employee benefits program, something in business, the medical claims, and usually always has bad outcomes, right? There's so many resources that are out there that you can get your hands on, including consulting with a broker. You, you pay for an attorney, you pay for a CPA. Uh, don't be afraid to um, invest some dollars in making sure your employee benefits is program, uh, program set up and be willing to pay for it um, because the, the broker is there to provide assistance, um, but they're not technically uh, the, the broker sponsor plan. It's an employer sponsor plan. So occasionally, even myself, we, ha we have to refresh. We have to uh, look for more ideas. And so sometimes you just have to um, just push through, right? You have to learn and get some skin in the game.